Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's guest is an award-winning uh, 24- I hope he's still 24-year-old entrepreneur with several seven-figure online businesses. He was recognized as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 30 by the United Nations. His businesses include WP Beginner, which is the largest free WordPress resource on the planet, and Optin Monster, a popular lead generation SaaS product that you can see on so many webs, uh, so, uh, sites around the web, including um, ConversionAid. Uh, when he was a teenager, he started playing around with WordPress and eventually he was able to get clients who paid him to build websites for them. And he thought he'd be able to get paid for building the sites, which he enjoyed doing and not having to deal with the support and maintenance of those sites, which he didn't enjoy so much. You know, after all, this was WordPress, so people should be able to make the updates themselves. Uh, but now he started getting questions about WordPress. How do I do this? How do I update that? And all the, uh, WordPress tutorials at the time that he found were written by developers for developers. So he launched a site, WP Beginner, uh, back in 2009 and started writing tutorials for beginners. And today that site has over 320,000 subscribers in 190 countries. And he's not even 30 years old yet. So my guest is Syed Balki. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Omar. Okay, so... You're in Gainesville, Florida, right? And yeah. uh, so I, I had no clue where that was. Um, I, I moved to the US, I guess, 10 years ago. And I, I kind of, my geography is still bad. I'm surprised they actually gave me <laughs> citizenship. Because, you know, when they ask you that question about the US and the constitution yeah. and everything. Because it's like, I'm good with like what's on the West Coast and what's on the <laughs> East Coast. Kind of. And then everything in between is still a bit of a blur. Um, so I was like Gainesville. And I looked that up and it was like, there were some interesting things I found like, um, obviously the home of the University of Florida, but also the place where uh, Gatorade was invented, um, right. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and lots lots of good things. But one thing that stood out for me was that apparently you guys were ranked as the fifth meanest city in the US when it came to homeless people. <laughs> like, Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> So, so anyway, apparently there are like a bunch of laws and ordinances over there that make it hard to, to panhandle or, or kind of, you know, do things like that. So, um, so you're a couple of hours away from Disney World. Did you, uh, did you go there much when you were growing up? I have been to Disney World once. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida, but either way, Disney World is about two hours away. Um, so whether you're in Gainesville or Palm Beach, so. Yeah, I went there once, and I'm probably not going to go there again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I grew up in I grew up in London, and you know we both have similar backgrounds because we were both born in Pakistan and then kind of moved over. So, um, I I moved to Denmark when I was four, and then over to London when I was about six or seven, um, and it was the same thing, right? I mean, yeah, like people just expect you. Like to like like you regularly go and visit Buckingham Palace or something like that, right? And it's like, yep. <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, so how how did you end up in Florida? Uh, my parents just moved from Karachi straight to Florida because several of my family members were here, my aunts and uncles, and uh, and that's where I was raised. And I was twelve years old, moved to West Palm Beach. 
Sweet. Okay. Now we, we kind of like to start. I like my, uh, I like to ask my guests, uh, for a success quote when we get started. And it's really just to try and understand, like, uh, get a little bit inside your head and sort of understand what is, what drives you. Um, so I know you have a couple of quotes. So tell me what, tell me about them. Well, one, uh, you know, I hate losing. So one of my favorite quotes is hard to beat a person that never gives up, right? Because if, I know if I keep trying and trying, I'm going to, I'm eventually going to win. So that's, that's one of my favorite quotes that I, I've had since very early days. And then another one that I picked up over, over, over the time was if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. And that's the African proverb. Uh, so that's, that, that's really hit home with me. And that's one of our, you know, core values for our team. How, how big is your team? We are 16 people full time now. Wow. And, and so, uh, how long, I mean, you, you started this business or your, your general, all these businesses, like when you, how old were you? Like teenager, right? Yeah. So I first started dabbling in the internet stuff when I was 12 years old that, you know, I had my first website selling ads and stuff. I launched WP Nero 09 and Optin Monster is relatively new, 2013. And so how, how long were you, uh, kind of a solopreneur before you started hiring people and building out a team? 2006, 2007. 2006, 2007 is when I hired, like, you know, my first employees and fired them and then hired another one. <laughs> so, you know, your second employee is usually the, one of the hardest ones that you hire. Um, and then, then, you know, you hire the third one and then, you know, you, when you get to five, you have to have kind of like a correction <laughs> and, then, and then you grow. So, so yeah. What, what went wrong with the first one? <laughs> you know, you just don't know. You're new at hiring. It just didn't, it just didn't work, work out. I expected them to know too many things. And I, I think I also, part of it was my fault too, I think, because I wasn't as patient and I expected them to know a lot. And it's, it's a learning process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I went through that. Like I was working, um, for a company in, in London and, you know, suddenly kind of got, th- actually, I went on vacation and then I came back and they said, Oh, congratulations. You're promoted, promoted. And now you're in charge of this team and you have to start hiring all these people. And I was like, <laughs> huh? And, and I had no experience in doing this stuff. So I, I kind of went through that as well, where I was like hiring people and then realizing they weren't very good and then having to fire them. And, um, um, you know, people used to make fun of me because they used to see me by the elevators, like giving people like the golden handshake on the way out. And they were like, Oh yeah, another one. <laughs> um, and then I kind of realized it's like, it's not the people, it's me, right? It's like, I, I'm, I need to take more time to, uh, hire the right people and make sure that they're in the right job. Cause sometimes you can just have a great person, but put them in the wrong job and you're going to have a disaster, right? So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we talked, um, so I gave, gave sort of the audience an overview of WP beginner. Um, and, You've been running that site for a long time. What were some of the things that you did to to grow that that site? Well, one, there was you know an obvious need for the website that just wasn't being felt. So that having that you know and being so niche, there there were tons of sites during that time that were coming out that would teach you how to blog, but you know there. So there was that niche was kind of crowded, but how to use WordPress? It's essentially like how do you blog? But you know everybody's talking about WordPress, and I'm talking all about WordPress, like 
all about it. How do you do this in WordPress? How do you do that in WordPress? So just sharing that um, tutorials alone was giving me a head start. But some, some of the things that helped me was search.twitter.com. That, that, that's, I still use that tool to this day. I look through the hashtag WordPress or whatever topic you're looking for, lead generation or whatnot, and look for the questions that people are asking. And now, you know, in the search.twitter, there's an advanced field. And you can actually say, is this a question or a positive sentiment or a negative sentiment? You can select all sorts of things and then search. And, you know, all the links, all the tweets that you will see, you can interact with those people. That gave me a lot of cool article ideas. And I would write that article, reply to that person, hey, here's a solution to your problem. And just the word of mouth there was very strong. Second, the reason why I created the site was, you know, I had a lot of clients that I switched over to WordPress. And uh, they were asking me the same question over and over again. But I I realized that I wasn't the only person who had that problem. So I reached out to other contractors and, you know, service providers and started, you know, telling them about this site. And they started sending people to WP Beginner because they didn't want to, you know, have to write all this documentation. Aside from those two things, it was about relationships. Over the time before I launched WP Beginner, I had built relationships with several influencers in the space. Um, who, you know, when I launch, I would approach them and say, Hey, would you mind tweeting this out for me? Or, you know, guest blog on their websites that brought traffic. Got it. Um, the, the Twitter thing is, is really interesting. So give me an example of how, like how you were using the advanced feature to, to find something. So, you know, when you search like just on search.twitter.com, if you type WordPress, you're going to see tons of spam link, right? There's right. affiliate marketers who are just sharing coupon codes and people just promoting. So what I would do is I would say, I would just type the word, you know, it, it contains WordPress. The tweet contains the word WordPress. And then I'll say, you know, if you scroll all the way to the bottom there, say other select, whether it's positive, negative or question, and I'll just select question. And what this allowed me to do was create the content that I know users are looking for because users are telling you what they want, right? Maybe somebody was like, hey, I, I, I have error establishing database connection. And I noticed that few people have tweeted that, you know, over, over the time, over a specific time period. And I'm like, maybe I should write an article about that. Or, hey, I don't know how to schedule a blog post. Or I don't know the difference between categories and tags, right? So I can see the different, different kind of errors or how, what's the best slider plugin? Or, you know, how do you add testimonials? I'm seeing these like, you know, questions being asked real time on Twitter and the person who's asking it. So I would go back, create an article and then come back and reply to this person. Hey, here's a link or maybe give them a solution first and then, you know, go back and write that article. So it was allowing me to write the content that I know people we're looking for rather than just sitting there and saying, oh, maybe I should write about this today. And maybe I should write about that today. So, you know, in the, in the beginning, it's really hard to come up with article ideas. And that was really helpful. So w- were you doing um, keyword research as well? Or was Twitter the, the, the way that you generated like majority of your ideas? Well, you can do keyword research, right? And I was doing that already. And that's how I was coming up with a lot of article ideas um, and writing them. But what Twitter allowed me to do was, you know, prioritize because chances are the keywords that you're seeing, you know, a lot of the same questions are being asked on Twitter. And, you know, these are the ones that I can reply to. So if I have an article already, I can reply to these people and say, look, here's a tutorial. And they will see it and like, oh, thank you. And there's an interaction, you know, that's, that's the first touch point between a reader. And then most likely that reader will, you know, come back to WP Beginner or follow that account and then, you know, start tweeting all of our other stuff and, and just like, you know, kind of grow that audience base. 
Okay. So the sites being uh, the the launch in 2009. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about over six years. Yeah, it's going to be six years old on July 4th. Wow. Happy birthday. <laughs> now, how do you keep coming up with ideas? Like, don't you get to a point where it's just like the same stuff over and over again once you've been writing for so long? Because I know a lot of people, even even after they've written like the first blog post, they're like, oh, I don't know if I have enough ideas to kind of keep this thing going. But well, for six years is a long time. It is a long time. So when I first started, right, I thought I was not going to, I was going to run out of ideas. But now as the site has grown and so many readers, you know, come to the website, they ask questions. You know, and we encourage them. About, I would say 90 to 95% of our content that comes now are from user questions. You know, there, I, I couldn't possibly think of, oh, how do you list the top categories versus not the nest, you know, not the subcategories? Like, how do, how do you only list the top categories? Or how do you only list subcategories of this top category? Questions like those that, that have become articles over, over time, I, those weren't my questions, right? Or how do you add a, check, a checkout form in, for a nonprofit, like a donation form with multiple fields? I don't run a nonprofit. That was a question that a nonprofit user asked. And now that we have built a huge platform, we have the benefit that users are sending us questions and we just have to look through and say, okay, this, one, this is the one we're going to write about. And then the other part is when plugin authors and different companies come out with new products, they reach out to us. You know, let's say an independent developer came out with a plugin to do X and they'll say, hey, can you write about this? So we're also getting notifications like that now, which is um, helpful. And you don't write any of the content now, right? You, you have a team of people doing that. Yes, I do have a team of people doing it. I, I, I don't write per se. I do review a lot of the content and, you know, every day just to make sure everything's going right. So I'm still, I guess, the editor in chief, but, you know, I don't do a lot of editing either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's benefits of being the boss, right? <laughs> All right. So, you know, maybe back in 2009, there weren't many sites around, but these days, there are there must be thousands of sites writing WordPress tutorials. And obviously I think you guys have built a lot of authority over the years. And one of the things that I found is like whenever I'm searching for like a specific issue with WordPress, like WP Beginner like inevitably always is there somewhere in like the top three or five results. Um, and usually has the answer for me. And I remember I'd be, I'd been using the site for years and I was like, Oh, like I'd see your name and I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. I should thank him one day for helping me solve all these <laughs> problems, you know? Um, but ha- has that changed a lot with, with all of, you know, these kind of me too sites sort of popping up and everybody trying to just create me too content all over the place? Um, there's a lot of me too content that I see, you know, a lot of times some of those people are like, Hey, can we guest blog on your site? And I'm like, no, you're not really adding any value. Um, it hasn't really impacted our traffic, uh, because our traffic has, you know, grown over time. Now you, you would never know what the traffic would have been without all those sites there. But all I, all I see in our charts is growth. So that, that hasn't really impacted us. Um, even, even if you look at, you know, the size of most of those me too sites, it hasn't been, it hasn't been significantly huge. Like we are, we're like, you know, multiple folds, not two times bigger, or three times bigger. We're a lot bigger than majority of the sites out there. Now there, there are some, some larger publications that have created almost like, you know, subsections 
uh, of their main site, for example, Envato and, and Touch Plus, they have done a very, very good job. But, they, you know, again, those are not me too type of content, right? They're, they have t- taken a niche, like saying WordPress developers, and they're only writing developer-specific content. And I know in the beginning, they actually created a sub-site, but then they ended up rolling it back in. So it's no longer like, you know, a sub-site of its own. So Touch Plus, that, that's a good resource for developers. Um, and that's, that's a market that we don't target. So I don't even know how it would, you know, how it would have impacted us otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you make most of your money? Is it all advertising? Um, on WP Beginner, some of our money comes from affiliate. A good chunk of it comes from our products. So Optin Monster, you know, we get a lot of referrals from WP Beginner, but also we, I have other, you know, plugins. One of them is called Soliloquy which is a WordPress slider plugin, one of the fastest one actually in the market. Um, so we're selling that through WP Beginner. Um, another one is a gallery solution called Envira Gallery, you know, which is also a paid plugin that, that we sell through WP Beginner. Basically, we're promoting our own products um, that you know, generate enough revenue. So WP Beginner essentially is like our own media platform. Soliloquy. Soliloquy, yeah. Try saying that fast five times, right? (laughs) (laughs) What what does that word mean? Is it just, does it mean something? Uh, Yeah, it means elegant. Uh, I bought this uh, software. It was named. It was named that. You know, with, with Optin Monster, I started it with a with a partner, Thomas. And when I, when we were starting it, like about I think six or eight months in, we decided to roll his other products in into into the main company. So Soliloquy was one of his first products, and it, it, you know it's one of the very well known uh, WordPress slider plugin in the market. Okay, so I know, I know you don't disclose revenue numbers, but w, we talked about you had several seven figure businesses, and so WP Beginner, oh, I assume is is one of those, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you've got this business, it's doing well. Uh, where did the idea for Optin Monster come from? I mean, it's not like there aren't, there's a shortage of sort of lead generation plugins out there. Why did you guys get into that business? So I created this for my personal use. So I have WP Beginner. I also have List 25. It's a very, very popular entertainment site, uh, you know, with over a million and a half YouTube subscribers and quarter billion YouTube views, uh, like really, really high traffic sites. And I have several other, you know, niche sites in, in different niches that for affiliate business entirely. And, you know, if, if you're in that business, you know, the email lists are huge. So before Optin Monster, I was using, you know, two other products. So I, you know, I used I used one like one, then didn't like that one. Kind of outgrew it, then used the second one, and was always running into problems. Whether it was bugs, whether it was features that I needed, so I ended up building a custom solution, which is uh, you know that that fitted all the needs that I had. And then over time, people were like, well, how do you do this? None of the other solutions in the market are doing it. So actually, we were among the first folks that actually that came out with an exit intent pop up for WordPress. That was that wasn't a functionality that you that you would have seen otherwise. You know, some some of the higher level targeting, the preview, the designer that 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 was in our our plugin was was one of the first ones. Um, you know, every 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 other one was kind of following the WordPress convention. Then we were like the first folks that say, let's adapt a customized review. You know, which is what most of the SaaS products are doing. Um, and we were doing that within a WordPress plugin. And then, you know, last month, uh, we launched the SaaS version of Optin Monster. So that kind of helped us transition. But that's that's how the idea of Optin Monster came because I needed it. Um, and, you know, I didn't see a solution in the market that was able to handle it. There, there, there were like, you know, I think 
one of the one that was uh, that was a self service one actually, which was charging several thousand bucks a month for you to do what I wanted to do. Several thousand bucks a month to do what Optin Monster does. Wow, that's correct. There's actually now <laughs> nice. if, if you notice, if you notice, uh, there, there's actually quite a few of those out there now. Um, those are those are managed solutions. You know, you know, their higher level plans now are a thousand, but the one that I was talking about, their base level plan was, I think. At that point, three thousand dollars a month, and now there's several other that are like two hundred bucks a month uh, and upwards. Whereas Optin Monster is two hundred bucks a year because it's a do-it-yourself versus the other ones are you know kind of they would help you set it up. Yeah, I, I really I, I've been using Optin Monster for a while and I really like it. I think it's a combination of its simplicity, but when you need to do. I don't know. It's like when you look in this, the configuration, it doesn't look like there's that much you can do with it. But whenever I feel like I need to do something, it just, there seems to be a way to do it, right? Like, yeah. um, I, I'll give you an example. I wanted to be able, um, like when, when people come to my site and they opt in, um, using one of the opt in monster forms, I wanted to be able to redirect them to a form where I could ask them some questions. And I was like, okay, it would be really great if I could also um, kind of associate an email address with who that person was instead of having to get them to type it in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, great. I look at Optin Monster and it's like, yeah, there's an option there just to pass that over and in the query string. And it yep. does exactly what I want. So, yeah, um, yeah, I love that. It's It's like, you know, I think that sometimes there's a tendency to add so many features um, but I kind of feel like you guys have like really boiled it down to like, I don't know, a small set that really matter. So it's, it's interesting that you say that, right? Um, so Optin Monster, but you know, now that we're SaaS, we can kind of see, um, you know, the way people are using our software. And from, from what I put up, from what I've noticed, the majority of people are not even using Optin Monster to like, you know, it's 100% potential. They're using it maybe at like 15% potential. Right. For all the features that it can do, you can do some really advanced level segmentation. You can say, well, when somebody clicks on a link from my newsletter, don't ever show them anything related to a pop up or any kind of opt in forms. You, you, you can go above the, above and beyond. You can say, okay, only show this one on a, on a keyword when, when this keyword is mentioned on the page. Um, you know, not, not on like this category or something. You, you can have a lot of fun. And you know, with the query parameters that you were talking about, you can actually pass a name and email and then automatically generate an image. You, you can do some really cool stuff, you know, with, with, the, with, the, with the feature set that we give and the API that we have. You know, so it's, it's extendable, but, you know, it's still presentable. Yeah, I think maybe that's what it is, that the, the, the way that you've, you've built the, the UI isn't mm-hmm. overwhelming, right? Yep. It, it's like... Yeah, so cool. So, so Optin Monster is another one of your seven-figure businesses. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty solid one, and obviously, List Twenty Five is a is a huge one as well. But you didn't start you didn't start building Optin Monster with with sort of a view to building a business, right? You said that you you were using it to solve your own problem. Yeah. So Optin Monster, we launched the company in two thousand thirteen. I had I had the code in two thousand twelve that I was already using it. Right, so I had a very bare, bare version of the concept, uh, you know, of the of the features that I wanted. There wasn't a pretty UI behind it. It, it was, you know, all through a config file that in in a PHP that I was like, okay, this is what this is what should happen, and this is what would happen, you know, when when you edit this code. And I was using it on my own sites, 
then uh, you know people started asking, hey, what solution are you using? What solution do you recommend? And I couldn't honestly recommend a solution, any other solutions in the market because the, I knew about all the bugs that they had, all the issues they had, uh, because I had extensively used them over the past, like, you know, two, three years. And I was like, okay, I need to come out with a solution of my own. So when, you know, we, you know, we made some mistakes in the, in the early days of Optin Monster, uh, before, before the launch, actually. But after we launched, it was, it was just, uh, rocket growth. What were some of the mistakes you made? One of, one of the mistakes, you know, as I said, in the early days, we didn't have the UI. So we spent far too much time on building a UI. We're like, okay, we're going to launch it uh, you know, as a SaaS from day one. And I actually had no experience launching a SaaS. So we overlooked quite a few things. We had no user input you know, in, in building this so-called perfect product. So I guess I was chasing you know, perfection. I didn't want to be the other products, right, that I had ignored. I was like, okay, I need to build complete, like really, really good. Um, only to find out that when we're ready to launch and we invited some users like about seven or eight months in, you know, one, it wouldn't scale. The product wouldn't scale itself, uh, our infrastructure. And, you know, people were like, okay, this is kind of hard. This doesn't make sense. And we're like, okay, this, this is crap. We need to scrap it. Or, you know, either, either completely get rid of this project and just keep using it for us and, screw, you know, tell the other people, you know, these are the solutions, these are the problems with it. Or, you know, have a 30 days, 30 days if we can rebuild an MVP solution and just launch it as a WordPress plugin. So when we launched Optin Monster, we didn't launch it as a SaaS. We launched it as a WordPress plugin, which was, you know, <laughs> kind of written in 30 days. If you, if you looked at the initial version code, it wasn't very well documented. It, you know, it wasn't extensible. There was literally no hooks and filters for you because we built it for the users. Like, you know, I know some of the, our developers friend would be upset, but, you know, that's not the audience we want. And we launched it, and, you know, after, after like, you know, several months, kind of continually improving, 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 launching version two, which was a lot better, <laughs> translatable, et cetera. Oh, so wait, so you started out with a SaaS version, which you were using yourself, and then the product that you actually launched was like built in 30 days? So, no, no, no. I was, I, the version that I was launching was just a script. When we started, like you know, planning it all out, we were like, "Well, it shouldn't. We shouldn't just like you know, launch it as a WordPress plugin." We had two options: launch it as a WordPress plugin and launch it as a SaaS. We decided to go launching it as a SaaS in the beginning, and we failed miserably because you know, one, we didn't know how to scale a SaaS business at that point, right? In term, in terms of technology wise, but two, the way we had designed everything, we we're like, okay. This is, you know, this, I think this is brilliant because again, we're, we're doing UI for a solution that didn't have a UI before. And I'm trying to add all these complex features in it, et cetera. Um, you know, when, when the time came to launch it, it just wouldn't scale on, on a site, like, you know, with crazy amount of traffic because we had, we weren't doing analytics, right? We weren't doing several other things in, in a proper way. So we we're like, okay, th- this is going to be, this is going to take major rewriting. So we scrapped that solution and launched it as a WordPress plugin. So it's essentially, oh, okay. yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, w- when we were talking earlier before we started recording, y- you'd said, you know, I didn't really have um, any major challenges getting traction with yeah. Optin Monster. And, you know, when people tell me that sometimes I'm like, okay, you just don't want to talk about the challenges that you had. But you had a good explanation. And I think that most, again, I think the other part of this, was, which made a lot of sense for me was, um, most people, when they start out with a product like this, like this, they don't have scaling issues, right? Because they, they can't drive enough traffic 
and usage mm-hmm. that quickly anyway. But yep. you you had this big um, kind of fire hose of like WP beginner, which you'd been yep. kind of building an audience for years that mm-hmm. you could point to, to this, right? And I think that was the reason why you were able to get traction so quickly. Yes, exactly. So, you know, one of, one of my challenges was never, traction was never a challenge because I had been, you know, good at driving traffic, you know, with WP Beginner, even pre-WP Beginner for, you know, clients um, and my affiliate sites. So get, getting traffic was not an issue, especially with WP Beginner and the connections that I had with different friends that over the years that I've made you know, with significantly large audiences. So that was that wasn't an issue. The day the day we launched, we had you know insane amount of amount of sales, and then since then, you know, it's just like you know recommendations, word of mouth, and then you know getting getting it press. So traction, I, I have I have that figured out. I think. So what what did you struggle with? Uh, you know, one of one of the struggles was the one I told you about. That was a big big mistake that we made. Uh, a challenge that we had. Our team was very small. You know, with Optin Monster. So even though even though the core company team was big in in terms of like content wise, our software team for Optin Monster was relatively small. And when we launched with yeah, with an MVP, as, as I told you, we were getting a lot of feature requests. Which you know, as a software developer, you probably know that you get tons of those every day. Um, for us, it was like, which ones do we build first? Um, should it be built as a feature? Should it be? Should we just add it as an API for others to extend? Like for example, I told you. Um, in there, you know, how, how do you make sure the pop-up never shows for anybody who clicks on a newsletter, right? Maybe they subscribed to your newsletter before you added Optin Monster. Should we add that as a feature or should we add that as an API functionality? Things like that, or how, how much priority should we give it? Which integration should we add first? Things like that. We, we had a big challenge with, you know, accommodating those requests, just balancing, balancing all of them and prioritizing. That, that was, that was kind of a challenge. So what did you, what did you do? How did you? prioritize those requests so in in, ter- in terms of integrations the prioritization essentially depended on how mu- how willingly is the email email marketing service provider willing to promote us so we're like okay <laughs> i know however is gonna is gonna promote us okay or will you write a blog post about us okay will you tweet can we do a webinar with your audience things like that and that, that that's how we literally prioritized uh and also is it are am i talking with an influencer and a you know maybe a larger company and they're, let's say they were using Infusionsoft. We didn't have an Infusionsoft integration when we launched. So I was like, okay, should we, should we add Infusionsoft or, um, you know, should we add GetResponse first? We're like, okay, no, let's add Infusionsoft. Same thing, you know, a company that we didn't integrate with in the early days was Entreport. You, despite the demand, um, we simply didn't integrate with them because their team wasn't, you know, helping or collaborative enough for us. Right now, you know, we're collaborating with them in, in building that native integration. But in the early days, we didn't. We got another guest on the show. Yes, we do have another <laughs> guest on the show. Uh, my, my my dog my dog probably saw somebody walking by our house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sweet. Um, all, all right, so I, I'm I, I'm trying to kind of figure out like you know what you did. Kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Matt Mitskevich, the the a very good friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that's is that a coincidence or not? Right? Because um, I mean, I mean, for folks who don't know, you know, he's the he's the founder of Ninety Nine Designs, hired Sight Sight Point, Sight Point, Flipper. Yeah, uh, the list yeah. list goes on, and list it's kind on. of yeah, yeah. very similar kind of thing in terms of building out, you know, one business and an audience, and then sort of looking at an opportunity there, 
and then sort of fulfilling a need that isn't being met, but not trying to go into a completely new market. And then really, you know, he was kind of very rigorous about, okay, either this thing has to meet a certain criteria uh, for us to kind of keep going with it, or we're going to kind of quit and shut it down. And so I wondered that with you as well, because I mean, mean, did I get it right? Are you you still 24? Yes, I'm still 24. Yeah. All right. So three, three, seven figure businesses by the age of 24. But were there other businesses that you tried that, that didn't work out that just failed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I tried to launch a fitness website that was going out of my comfort zone. You know, I was like, okay, well, I've, I've, I've done it at least 25. You know, I've done it with several other affiliate sites that also, are, you know, make a decent amount of money. Um, in small sub niches, I was like, I want to go in fitness, which was like a, you know, beast of a market that I had not, I didn't know anything about. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm not the most fittest person on, on the planet, right? <laughs> well, that would help, <laughs> so, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I launched it and then I think about like six, seven months in, the person I partnered with it just failed. He, he, he was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, crap. So that, that, was, that, was, that, was a, that was a failure. Um, you know, it, it's funny when you mentioned about, uh, about Matt. So I, I met Matt uh, for the first time in person. And I was like 20. Or maybe I was 19 actually. I was 19 when I first met him, um, but I, ha- I had been chatting with him for quite some time. And, we were, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of good exchanges that Matt and I have had in, in, or, over the past and, you know, chatted about how our businesses have evolved. So it's definitely interesting. There's a lot of similarities. Um, you know, we never like I, I would, I'm pretty sure Matt would say the same thing, but uh, we didn't go planning into, OK, we're going to build this today. Like, you know how most folks go in when you're starting a business they're like okay we're gonna build this a lot of the, a lot of the things that we have built came out of the platform that we had built previously for him it was site point for me it was wp beginner um and that's where you know you kind of you you know the market better than most people because you are in the market you're helping the people uh and you, you see what, where the voids are and then you try to fill it for him you know marketplace was something that he saw people needed and then decided to launch flipper so yeah 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 i i think there's definitely a lesson in in, you know, obviously there's value in building an audience and then finding opportunities kind of from that, but also, you know, solving, solving your own problem or, or something, doing something that you deeply understand has a huge difference, right? I mean, I, I launched, um, a SaaS product myself, uh, last month, um, which is called PrestoPod. Actually, I was thinking of, I should start getting PrestoPod to sponsor these podcasts, right? That would be pretty cool. Right? <laughs> you should. I can you pay should. myself to, to sponsor. Or not. You can just say that's your sponsor, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it kind of came from, you know, when I started doing this podcast, um, there was like so many like annoying, mundane kind of things that you have to do after you finish recording, mm-hmm. right? You, you end up with an MP3 file. You've got to add ID3 tags. So it show up, shows up in iTunes. You've got to upload it to the right hosting places. You've got to make sure all the metadata shows up there. You've got to create WordPress show notes pages and things like that. And and so so I kind of started looking around to see if I could find something that would help me automate it. Like, you know, like just get rid of the the monotonous work so I could focus on the more interesting thing, like, you know, thinking about the interviews or chatting with the guests. And I couldn't find anything. So I started like just building bits. And again, it was like, I didn't kind of start out saying, oh, I'm going to build a business or I'm going to launch a SaaS product. It was like, 
no, I'm just going to like run some scripts on my computer to help me automate this stuff. And then over, over sort of the weeks and months, it kind of got more and more kind of sophisticated. And then when I heard about other people having similar problems, I was like, okay, you know, maybe there is an opportunity here. Um, and so that's been really good. We kind of launched it last month Had had some, you know, great feedback in the podcasting community, um, got some, uh, early customers already using it. Um, but I don't think if I, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't have a podcast, I wouldn't have even have understood what those issues were. Right. Nope. I, I could have maybe kind of superficially looked at it and said, Oh, let's create something that helps them do X, Y, Z better. But unless you really have that deep understanding, I think you're always going to struggle. Absolutely. You know, I, there's so, there's so many diff- different plugins that uh, I have launched in, in the past. Some of them are completely free WordPress plugins, uh, like a floating social bar. Right. I, I, I hated that all the social plugins slow down your website so much. So I created one that lazy loads and kind of like, you know, loads of fake social icons and stuff at first and then you bring your mouse over it shows the actual thing so it delays the loading completely even after the page is loaded um so tricking the bots and all that and i just launched that for free i'm sure i can if i really wanted to i can actually add paid um extensions and go the extension route so you 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 kind of come up with you know these different different little things that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise uh plugin that, that i created it was insert headers and footers it's a very very simple plugin it allows you to insert code in your head part of your wordpress site or at the footer part you know at right above the body aspect of your wordpress site and it has been downloaded like hundred and seventy nine thousand times wow <laughs> right and, and something really simple i'm sure i could put ads in it i haven't done it but you know the, the, there's there's always like products that just come out of your need when you're so involved into the market and, and you're using uh a software you know, I think a lot of people might listen to this and think, okay, he, you know, say it saw this opportunity with WordPress, built WP Beginner, um, and then, and then kind of things have been much easier for him because he's, he's had this, you know, a seven figure business to kind of fund the other things that he mm-hmm. wants to go and do. He's already got this huge audience that he can kind of tap into. Um, would you uh i'm just kind of wondering like if if you were kind of going into would you ever go into kind of a new market which didn't leverage your existing audience or or kind of do you feel like you've tried that once and and kind of you're not going to do that again well i did i did try that uh twice one time it worked for my favor one time it didn't um, with list 25, if you go on it, that's not a, that's not a technology audience. It's a, it's a BuzzFeed style website, right? Um, we launched it in 2011, actually, end of, end of 2011. So it's a very, it's, it's relatively old and we're in the top 1% of YouTube. And that one, that one was a huge success for us. So no, I, I, but like, I would say, all right, you no didn't, matter, pro- you, you didn't promote that on WP Beginner though, right? So, um, no, I, I, I wrote in one article on how we set it up, but the, but the rest of the traction came from other places. So I could, I have a good idea on like, you know, promoting in spaces is just a lot easier if I do it, you know, with where I have a platform. It doesn't mean it's a piece of cake, right? It doesn't mean that like any product that I touch is going to, is automatically going to do well. You have to, you know, you have to see, is there a market for it? Is there this? And, you know, even if I start a fitness site or I just promote it on my personal Twitter account and say, hey, you know, I launched a site, you know, it can go a long way. 
uh, you know, in helping that other site get some initial traction. Yeah. So, so, so know, t- t- tell me about list twenty five. Like, what, what you know? Okay, we're talking about a a different market. What did you do there to to get traction? <laughs> the the first thing that I did was a Facebook contest. I, I ran a Facebook giveaway in uh, end of November. It was, you know, I'll give you $25, $25 Amazon gift cards to 25 people, you know, over the course of next 25 days. You had to like the page to see how you could enter. You had to share the contest to qualify to enter. And then you had to give me your name and email to actually enter. You can imagine how viral that thing went. I spent maybe like $700 or so to to get the initial like 30000 or so like like likes on my Facebook page and then uh I had I had found several different promoters um folks that are, were influencers and got them to promote list 25 on their stumble upon um accounts and reddit and uh, you know other twitter profiles and facebook pages and then just grew the got traction that way how how did you promote just did you run the facebook contest and as a sort of an ad to promote it initially um, yeah, so I, I did, I did, I did do some ads, but not, not huge. You know, I, what I did was I was, I was still in college during that time. So I just reached out to a bunch of my college friends and said, Hey, would you, would you mind resharing this and inviting all of your friends, um, to, to kind of do that? And I took them all out for like a lunch uh, at a Mexican restaurant that we all <laughs> liked. Uh, so it, it, it was, it was really grassroots if you, if you think about it. Um, and it, it took off, you know, uh, you know, first the kids were, all the kids were sharing it and then their moms were sharing it. And then, the, you know, their grandma and dads and uncles, all of them were, you know, trying to win a $25 gift card because it was right around Christmas time as well. So it, it, it got, it got decent traction. Um, and then from that point onward, you know, we just kind of, kind of hit. And then, you know, we had a cheeseburger network picking up several of our videos and featuring it in, you know, their plethora of websites that they have, uh, you know, several other, several other like entertainment style sites started, you know, featuring our stuff and it, it took off. So and and you're just curating content on here, like no, we are actually creating content. Oh, um, okay. So so that that that's the big difference between us and a lot of the a lot of the other websites, like you know that that simply are you know like a cheeseburger style site where where they're just curating, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody else just uploading here, you know, twenty five things about the Revolutionary War you might not know. Somebody actually sit there and do the research and you know add add the stuff. So, so we're, we're, we're doing the research, finding the facts and then sharing it. 25 unbelievable facts about the minds that might surprise you. So, you know, our, our goal is to like share the little tidbits that you would have never known, but now you know. And w- were you writing this content yourself when you started? No, I have only written one article on the site. Um, I'm sure there's several others that says that I wrote them, but most of them were ghostwritten. Why did you start this one? Why this business? Um, why did I start this one? It was uh, with one of my best friends. Uh, basically, he, he, he was he was looking for a job, and I was like, "This would be a cool thing." And I always loved reading these kind of sites, and it was an experiment. Let's see can, what can we do with it in three months. Um, and it it did really really well uh, in in terms of the stumble upon traffic uh, that that was coming to it. Some of our earlier articles had like million and a half views from stumble upon alone. Just one article. One article would have like thirty thousand plus likes. So it, it was it was a massive traffic experiment to see what you can do with Facebook's algorithm or what you could do with StumbleUpon's algorithm and things like that. So it was it, it was a cool fun project. So I'm looking at it now, and it's got two hundred and seventy seven thousand 
or nearly 278,000 likes. Yep. Uh, so, well, yeah, go ahead. Did you do anything else or was kind of once you'd done the stumble upon and, and the Facebook contest that kind of got you the initial kind of momentum? So that got us the initial momentum and we decided I wanted to, the goal was I wanted to launch in multiple platforms. So I wanted to grow in multiple communities, not just a blog. So I had Facebook and I'm like, well, I hadn't done anything significant on YouTube. So why not launch a YouTube channel about, you know, of this thing? So we kind of created uh, slideshow style videos of our, of, of our articles. So now you might see a lot of these um, coming out, but at that time there weren't anybody doing this. So it's it's list twenty five YouTube channel is a glorified podcast. Essentially, somebody reading the article and having an image slideshow. But at that point, it was it was so solid that that started growing, right? And it was ex- exponential growth. So it wasn't like oh one month we just hit big. It was you know consistently producing one video a week um, and you know pushing it on Tumblr. We we also had a Tumblr property that eventually like died out because we it started ignoring it because it wasn't bringing us you know as much return as our other sites like you know the site itself and the YouTube channel but in in the in early days we would actually promote like you know little tidbit style content that cheeseburger network would have on our Tumblr site and that that allowed us to build out you know content partnerships and cross promotional opportunities because we couldn't always do a top 25 about you know publication X, but we could reshare their smaller tidbits on our Tumblr site. So we're, I was, we're trying to grow um, Facebook, YouTube, and Tumblr at the same time. And YouTube was the one that really, really took off. So Facebook had an initial burst, but then it slug, it became sluggish. But our YouTube, you know, consistently start, you know, growing and growing. And I, I would say I'll give credit to the YouTube organic search at that point. And I was also like, you know, looking at all the different popular YouTube channels that what they were doing and just you know, kind of implementing the same techniques. And now we have 1.6 million subscribers on YouTube and closing in on 300 million views. Wow. Yeah. And, and this is your third seven-figure business, right? Uh, yes, and then I have you know several real estate st- um, that 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 w- I was able to build because of the online um, success. Dude, but dude, but you, have, you have a magic touch. You want to start a business together? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, you know, because because I have had several failures. You, you know, steady strength was just one of them. Um, you know, within WP Beginner, the reason why, how WP Beginner is a seven-figure business is because it drives so much traffic. So the site itself doesn't make some figures. The business that it drives to the other products that I have um, does. And I have like you know other niche sites that I don't talk about because you know they're they're in they're in such competitive like such low competition spaces that it's not worth talking about them because it will just invite competition mm. um, in the affiliate space. Yeah. So uh, tell me about how you spend your day. I mean, you, you've got a lot going on, a lot of these businesses. What, what does a typical day look like for you? How do you structure that day? So I wake up very early, but my days are actually structured in terms of like a week. <laughs> so I plan out weeks, <laughs> weeks not, not days per se. Um, so I have, I have a day for, you know, property X or I have a day for project X and day for project B and a day for project C kind of thing uh, throughout the week. And then, you know, like two days are kind of like miscellaneous days where I'm working on, you know, multiple smaller projects where, you know, like two days are often monster because I'm heavily focused on that, growing that right now. Right. Versus, you know, like WP beginner is more, more or less on, um, you know, other, other people in my team are managing it. Same thing with List 25, more, more. I don't spend very much time on List 25. You know, I have the whole team that's managing that particular side of the business. So 
I wake up very early, around 4, 4.30. I work usually till 11, 12 noon time. That's, that's where I'm like, you know, I find I'm the most productive uh, from 4.30 till like 11 o'clock-ish. And in the day where I'm absolutely the most productive, I'm honed in, I'm, you know, just crushing it. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I would have meetings with my team members if need be, um, whenever, whenever needed. I have like, you know, two days of the week where I schedule like, you know, calls such as the podcasting one, like this one and several other, you know, just kind of reconnecting with people. Um, you know, if you're probably wondering, well, you get done around like 11 or 12. That's when I'm like done with the core core work. The rest of the time I would spend, you know, reading articles, uh, you know, just trying to get ahead uh, of do, doing doing various little miscellaneous things. But, you know, take taking a nap sometimes, not all, all the time. I do go to sleep very early. Um, my wife comes home around five o'clock and, uh, you know, five, five, 15. Then I just spend most of the time with her. So I don't really work after that. It's, it's a, it's a recent change. It didn't used to be that way, but I've been making constant strides on getting a better balance. So I'm not working like, you know, crazy late or, you know, when she's home, I'm making constant effort in trying not to work after X time, like period. So you mentioned Optin Monster. If, if you were, launching a new business do you think your hours would change or you now that you've kind of got this routine you'd you'd be able to um you know work within that i guess what i'm trying to get to is we you know there's always this sort of i guess as an entrepreneur you're always thinking like you're not spending enough time working on your business so yeah when when you're whenever a launch is coming up for when we did the SaaS launch for optin monster the schedule went to toilet. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was, it was work consistently for the last two, last two weeks, especially like, you know, where I was, where I was getting very, very little sleep just because, you know, I was honed in. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I need to get this done. I need to do this. But, you know, at, at, after it, once, once we launched it, I took two weeks off and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go away to kind of clear my head. I've, I've gotten better about it. Uh, but you know, anytime there's a major launch coming up or, you know, some, something coming up, then, then these schedules do shift. But, you know, you have to, you have to realize that you don't want to be burnt out. I've been burnt out like a few times and well, a few times in the past. And it's not, it's not a fun feeling. So, you know, you just, you just get better and you learn from your mistakes, you know, how much you can push yourself and where you should stop. And then, and then, do you do you work from home, or do you go into the office, or how, where where do you do most of your work? I work I work from home. Um, yeah, a majority of our team is remote. We have an office in North Carolina, just because we have several people there. Um, and then, you know, they work out of the office, but they're, they're not required to. Like, some sometimes they come in, sometimes they don't. Um, I work from home. And and how do you how do you prioritize? Because again, you know, if 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 you're working on one business. Mm-hmm. maybe it's a little easier, but, you know, even within that business, you've got to kind of think about a whole bunch of things you've got to do and prioritize, yeah. but you've got, you've got multiple businesses yeah. to think about. Yeah. Remember, remember when I, when I talked about in, in the beginning, the quote, if you want to go fast, go alone, if you want to yeah, go far, yeah. go together. Um, so I have very, very good people on my team that handle, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of different responsibilities. And, you know, I have delegated this again. This was not easy for me to do because when you start as a solopreneur, you're doing everything and then you have to learn how to let go. Um, and you know, it's, it's been, it's been a learning process for me, but I've gotten, 
I would like to think gotten very good at delegation. So for example, a project like List 25, I do not have to spend a lot of time and because I have the right team in place. Um, same thing for a project like Soliloquy and Envira, uh, you know, or Theme Lab or, you know, WP Beginner. The, the, like I have a good team in place. So when, when I'm prioritizing, there's, there's a layer below, like, you know, not below me. There's a layer of management there that is coming up with, you know, ideas, discussion points, deci- decisions that I need to make. And then I look at them like, okay, this is what needs to be made. This is what, this is what we should do, et cetera. So, um, in terms of that, you know, there, there are times when a certain project may be neglected because of, you know, another project taking precedent, but you have to decide on, you know, which, which project, you know, you're going to get the maximum return, um, you know, at that, at that moment. All right. I, I just realized the time, uh, we have been talking for quite a while, um, and, uh, I'm enjoying this conversation. I think I could keep going for another couple of hours, but uh, <laughs> I, I got to be respectful of your time as well. So we should start yep. wrapping up. Um, so let's get on to the lightning round. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you seven questions um, and just give me your answers as quickly as you can. Sure. Uh, what's the best piece of business advice that you ever received? Uh, your last impression is just as important as your first one. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Uh, Two books, actually. One is Hard Things About Hard Things. It's by Ben Horowitz. A great book that gives you, you know, two insights. It's not like, oh, here's a business lesson one, business lesson two, business lesson three. It rather walks you through the, you know, the stories of Netscape and LabCloud and et cetera and how they, the ups and downs of it. So it's very interesting, um, kind of seeing how Ben made se- several of his, several of his decisions. Uh, and the second book is, uh, David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell gives you a unique insight on how you can use, uh, you know, your disadvantage as an advantage. You know, when you're an underdog, you have a lot of disadvantages, but it's, it's just a perspective of thinking. If you, if you change it, then you, you can start leveraging those as an advantage. And then, when, you know, you can start seeing how the advantages of the bigger companies are actually are their disadvantages. Really good book. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur? Um, from, you know, I've talked with so many different people and in, in entrepreneurship space, people who are successful businesses, myself, including, I think persistence is, is huge. You know, they have, you know, people are as an entrepreneur, you face a lot of challenges, but you put in a crazy amount of work and you get to where you are today. And that goes back to my quote. Um, you know, it's hard to be the person that never gives up. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Uh, tool time doctor, uh, helps me keep track of time, what I spend it on, uh, you know, what I'm doing, how much time I spend on a specific task habit, just waking up early and writing things down. You know, if you, you'd be surprised, stop, start, start waking up early and, you know, going to bed early, you'd be much more productive. I, I gotta say, I started doing that a few months ago, waking up around 435. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I always told myself I'm a night owl and I yeah. can't do the morning thing. And, and now I don't think I can go back. I think I just find you have such a much better day. Um, yep. you feel better. Um, but I'm still finding it hard to go to sleep early at night. So anyway, I'll have, I'll <laughs> yep. have to get some tips from you at some point. Sure. Um, what's, uh, a new business idea that if you had time to pursue, you'd go after what's what's the kind of thing that you think about but you just don't have time to do i'd like to target the e-commerce market in general at you know because it's so fast growing 
um, I think we kind of do it with Optin Monster, but I would love to do it, you know, in in more ways. Whether that's through, you know, professional services, whether that's through, you know, software, more software, whether it's through training or education. It's it's a market that I would like to go in if I had more time. What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? I think like the biggest surprise I hear from people who meet me in person is that I'm a lot taller than what they thought. I guess maybe maybe when they look at my pictures online, they don't see I'm very tall. How tall so are I you? am? I'm six foot five inches. Whoa! Uh, tall, so I'm I'm very tall. And you know, the second question is like, do you play basketball? Uh, yeah, I do play basketball, but I'm not that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever play cricket? Uh, yeah, I was very good at cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, what's one of your most important passions outside of your work? Um, you know, that, that, that's a pretty tough question when you ask me because my work is my passion. But I think the uh, second thing that I enjoy a lot is spending time with my family. Whether, you know, it doesn't matter what we're doing, whether it's river rafting, playing football, we going to the beach, swimming, whatever. You know, as long as I'm spending it with my with my brother, my sisters, my wife, my cousin, uh, you know, I, I like I like the time when when we're together because it really helps me relax. I, you know, and I know when I'm around family, I don't think about work. You know, all the kind of like stress free. So I really that, enjoy that. Sweet. Say so it, yeah, man. This has been a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. How, how do you think the unscripted kind of conversation went? How did we do? I, I think I think it went well. Uh, you know, this 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 is this was the more fun than you know just talking about like question A, question B. Yeah. Um, Kind of thing, yeah. So you know, the several seven figures business point, and, and I knew you were pressing on that, and I was like, yeah, you know that. But WP Beginner is is a seven figure business by proxy. So you know, because because of the amount of traffic it drives and send to other people, you know, if you if you just go and create a WordPress resource site, you're not going to make seven figures. Got you, it. Know, you know what I'm saying? So so uh, you, so basically, you you you've got a huge audience there, and then you're you're kind of driving that audience into different businesses to generate revenue. That's correct. So, like, yeah. you know, for example, an Optin Monster for, or Soliloquy or Envira Gallery, is, which is a new operation at a theme lab. Um, the other seven-figure business, you know, would be would be this 25 because just the sheer number of traffic that's there. Um, and then I have several uh, commercial real estate, like, you know, gas station properties where I've just triple net leases. Those are pretty lucrative. Ah. Uh. God, man, it's like I—I I just don't know how you find the time for all this stuff. It's—I'm motivated. Yeah, I can see. 